Hello, horror craft fans. It's me, Cassandra, and today I'm flying solo without Brittany, but don't worry, she will be back. But today we have a super special episode. I am clowning around in this episode with none other than the David Howard Thornton. We talk about Terrifier, Terrifier 2, the con circuit, and everything in between. So sit back, relax, kick back, and let's cue the music. Boop. Hello, horror craft fans. It's me, Cassandra, and I have a very special guest. We have the David Howard Thornton on. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. For those of you who don't know, uh, David Howard Thornton is Art the Clown in Terrifier. <laughs> and, I mean, who doesn't at this point? I mean, you're just everywhere. Yeah, someone in some tribe in like South America or something like that, maybe. <laughs> um, so this all happened because of our mutual friend, David McGee of the Vanilla Milkshakes. Um, and um, so shout out to David. I greatly mm -hmm. appreciate him and I greatly appreciate you coming on. No um, problem. I, uh, like I was just talking about when we, before we hopped on, um, we, I had found out the connection that both you and David have, um, that you both are on the spectrum. And mm -hmm. that's definitely something I greatly admire because having a son on the spectrum, um, mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of people who don't come out and openly talk about it. Um, and it's great for me to see that because, yeah. I think sometimes you can get lost in the chaos, especially me as a mom of a child <laughs> who's on the spectrum. And yeah. um, I, it's nice to know that there are people out there doing all these really great, amazing <clears throat> things. Um, and you could talk to him about it. Cause I know like when David was on, my son actually burst into the room as we were recording and they got <laughs> to talk, but he was like, he's on the spectrum too. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, he's like, oh yeah, that's cool. I'm going to go back to my game now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but for me, I mean, it just means everything. So um, yeah, I definitely wanted to talk about that, but um, I, I just think it's great. And anyone yeah. in horror doing really cool things, I just think is amazing. Um, so before we get into um, the thick of it, we're going to play mm -hmm. a little game. Okay. It's called Nine Questions with Cassandra. They're just horror-based questions. <laughs> um, but um, the first one is, what is your favorite universal monster? Oh, gosh. I would probably have to say Dracula. I just think he's fascinating. He's a fun character. He's kind of like the boss of all of them, too, in, in a lot of ways. It's just there's so many so many aspects to the character that I enjoy so yeah he's he's a fun one especially Bella Lugosi I'm like you, you can't go wrong with him yeah definitely I'm I'm a huge that's my favorite too so I'm mm -hmm. always an advocate for anything vampires yeah they don't suck yeah <laughs> oh wait <laughs> it's funny because uh, getting ready for this you know I was trying to think of ways to kind of you know, you have a little jitters before you come on. Mm -hmm. And I found a clown joke and I don't know why it just made me laugh so much. Um, so why don't cannibals eat clowns? <laughs> I was about to ask that I was going to be the one I was going to ask you because <laughs> they taste funny. 
Yes, they do. <laughs> I just, I had to have like a preschool giggle about that. I love I, those. I love punny jokes. I, um, oh, that's my thing. <laughs> oh yeah. My son is the same way too. Uh, he, I don't know how, but he found out a joke from like, uh, the Muppet babies, like Fozzie mm-hmm. Bear and he'll go around to people and he'll be like, um, what did one pencil say to the other pencil? I don't know, Braden. What did they say? You're looking very sharp. Get it? Sharp. And he'll just like, yeah, he'll just like walk around and like laugh about it. But I just, I find those so funny. Um, What is your favorite horror comedy? Oh, gosh. There are so many good ones out there. Oh, my gosh. I I, I mean, I, I think the one that first really just springs to mind is Tucker and Dale. It just, I, I was talking about that just the other day with some people. So I think that's why it springs to mind first. So yeah, I, I think that that movie is just hysterical. Oh, it's Absolutely so hysterical. funny without having to be funny. Like it's just. Got a cat. Oh, <laughs> hey, hi. we love, hi, uh, we love cats. I don't, uh, if you get a chance when, after we're done with the interview, we, our pot, our mascot is actually a cat. It's oh, my yes. It's my cat, um, baby. When we started filming the podcast, he like head butted into the room that we're filming in <laughs> and just would not leave. And he's the first one. I, I swear he can like sense it in the air when a horror movie's on, he's mm-hmm. there, especially if it's Leatherface. Like that's, oh, that's, that's him. That's great. Um, this one just, she, anytime I'm not paying attention to her, that's when she has to get attention. So just like, yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, cats are just so cool with that, like, random moments. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like, when you want to give her attention, it's like, leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone. As soon as you're not giving her attention, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what is your favorite horror subgenre? I would say the slashers. I've, I've always found them to be fun. Uh, I, I guess it's because it's that the whole cat and mouse game is very intense, and you get some of the coolest kills that way too. Yeah, I think it's kind of like the procedural aspect of it. Like I um I am a paralegal. Um, so I I've always loved the law, but I just think it's kind of like that too. Like the, you know, yeah. you're going back and forth with it, and it's just it's I love it. Yeah. Um, Plus they have the best villains too. It's just Yes, they do. <laughs> and it's like the morally ambiguous. So you can get yeah. those slashers where, you know, the the person that, you know, they think you're going to root for, you know, the the main hero um mm-hmm. is the person that doesn't end up being like the person you're rooting for. A lot of times you're yeah. rooting for the killer. Yeah, exactly. Um what is your favorite B movie? Oh boy, my favorite B movie, probably Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. That is a good one. Yeah, that yeah. is just so zany. <laughs> it's just like that the whole concept is it's like, what? And I think so many other movies that came out afterwards owe it to that movie. You know, that 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 kind of paved the way for a lot of those type of movies, like the movie what what was it, rubber? with the killer tire yeah it's just like it's that kind of just silliness and, and, and how they just take it so seriously too it's just it's great it's just oh. even the second one too it's just like and then the, the animated series i used to watch as a kid as well 
I was just going to bring up the animated series. That's yeah. how I kind of started getting into um, my first B movie is my favorite B movie, and that is uh, Attack of the Killer Clowns. Oh, okay, yep, that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that, that'll work, that'll work, yeah, or, or Killer Clowns from Outer Space will work. Yeah, you know, yeah, Attack, uh, Killer Clowns from <laughs> Outer Space, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we were talking about Attack of the Killer Clown, uh, Killer. A lot of attacks going on here. <laughs> yeah. I feel so attacked. <laughs> um. So, what was your first horror film? Oh boy. Um, I would say the first one, I mean, I had seen like little snippets of other ones when I was a kid. Like like my parents were doing a screening one time at our house when uh, Poltergeist came out. But I would say the first one I really just sat through and watched. And I was so late to the game because this came out my senior year of high school. It's just my mom was afraid of scary movies. So we didn't watch them in our house usually. And so the first one I really sat down and watched the whole entire thing was uh, Scream 2 yeah scream yep. 2 is great um yeah yeah mine was um west craven's new nightmare ah yeah that's a good one that's yeah a good one. my uh dad and my uh uncle were supposed to be watching me and thought <laughs> i fell asleep and i watched the whole movie um so yeah that that was probably the first time i ever had nightmares too so <laughs> um but they were great so oh yeah yeah i mean i had seen like snippets of some though because my dad would sometimes stay up late watching scary movies after my mom had gone to bed or something like that and i i think i even saw god it was um god what was it it's one with a uh, peter cushing and vincent price and all those guys and um, it was it was a comedy actually it came out in the early 80s yeah. uh, the, the house of the long shadow i think that's what it was called mm-hmm. and i i just remember it because there's like this part where this woman goes to wash her face in the sink and it was supposed to be acid and she comes up like my ah and her face melts off yeah my i see it's it's um interesting that you brought that up because my mom was the same way like my mom um kung fu panda was a little too intense for her even sometimes <laughs> <laughs> like she was like this is pretty violent for a kid's movie um but yeah my mom was like no you are not watching that and then i would go yeah. over to my friend's house mm-hmm. and her parents were like you guys can watch whatever you want Oh, yeah. I mean, and the funny thing is, like, you know, her generation, she grew up watching Looney Tunes and stuff like that, which is like, you know, hello, <laughs> full on yeah. violence and mayhem. And but it's still funny and fun. So it's just like it's as long as you can tell the difference between fact or fiction, I think kids are OK. And kids are not as stupid as you know some people treat them to be. And I was like, oh, no, they know they know the difference between though see though you, you sometimes have to learn the hard way like i did like trying to like jump off my bed and fly and that doesn't work or trying to just walk off something and i'm just not gonna look down and you still fall <laughs> like, mean true oh, no, cartoon logic doesn't work <laughs> no it doesn't <laughs> uh, what's your go-to horror recommendation oh boy um god because there's so many good ones that's the thing I would say, you know, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is always a good one. Nightmare on Elm Street, those movies are always good. Uh, Child's Play is always good. So I, even more re- re- the, 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 the recent things would be like uh, The Babysitter or Psycho Gorman or Haunt. Those are all really good movies as well. Yeah, Psycho Gorman has to be like yeah. mine. If someone hasn't seen Psycho Gorman, that's like oh my the God. first film that I've point them in the direction too it's the little girl in that is amazing oh 
Absolutely. Like I, my son is very much like that where he just speaks whatever's on yeah. his mind. So I felt like I was watching a horror movie that like <laughs> my son was part of. I was like, this little girl is just very eerily similar to my child. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love it. What is your favorite holiday horror movie? My favorite holiday horror movie. Oh my gosh. I, I don't know what you would call it a horror per se, but it's set in a horror universe would be The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Nightmare Before I, Christmas is a good time. I just love that movie. I was obsessed with that when it came out. I got the piano music to it. I got the soundtrack. I got a, I had a book that showed how it was made and all, I, was, I was just totally fascinated by it. When it first came. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, I love that. Um, mine would probably be Krampus or um, Oh yeah. This Christmas. Well, I grew up, um, I'm German. So mm -hmm. I grew up with a um Omi, a German grandmother, and she mm -hmm. passed away um when I was probably about six. But I remember being like five years old and her mentioning Krampus. So when they came out yeah. with the movie, I was like, they better do it right. So then yeah. of course the director of Trick or Treat. Mm -hmm. is the one that does it and knocks it out of the park it's so good it's so good it's so much fun yes uh, I, I was not expecting it to be as funny as it was i'm like this is great and it it just doesn't take itself seriously and they just have fun with it. and i freaking love that I, I i i love seeing movies like that we're like yeah we know exactly what we are and we're just gonna run with it and just have fun and who cares yeah, if you if you get a chance, if you haven't seen it yet, if you watch the naughty cut, that completely changes the Ooh. whole version of the movie. Like, oh my I was, gosh, I was so glad they came out with that because it definitely like it just it definitely does it even more justice. Oh my it's, god, I gotta check this out then. Yeah, it's really good. Um, another one I just found it this Christmas, and I don't know why it became popular, but uh, rare exports. If you haven't had a chance to see it, it's really cool. Okay. It's it's a movie kind of like that where mm -hmm. it's this little um, child that um, little kids are disappearing in his Swedish village. It's I think it's Swedish that they yeah. their village or whatever, um, and they get kind of like a Krampus like character that they they catch, and it's all about like his dad and him trying to like figure this out, and it just. Mm -hmm spirals into it's on shutter um okay. but it, it is amazing i did not know about it and then somehow i think maybe because it came on shutter uh this christmas but yeah. it's definitely it's right up there with krampus that that's kind of like also the the it's an anthology film uh, i think it's called a christmas horror story yes where w william shatner plays like the radio host and stuff like yes. that, that Oh my God, that was, it was that, the, the twist in there was fantastic. I loved it. I was yeah. Like, this is great. That, for the kind of like lower budget movie that that was, mm -hmm. that pulled off a lot. It did. Um, I love, I love anthology movies as well. So horror yeah. anthologies are great. I'm like, what was it they had on, was it Shudder that they had um, last year? I think it was like the, the um, Mortuary. The Mortuary Collection. Collection, yeah. That was, oh, that was fun. Yeah, the twist in that was crazy mm -hmm. too. When that yeah. whole like that changed the whole entire movie. I was yeah. just like, um, my co-host on this, we watched it like at different times together. But when we finally talked about it, we were like, "Whoa, yeah. what did that just do?" Yeah, so well made, so well made. I mean, just Clancy Brown. I mean, I just anything that man does is great. 
I mean, yeah, he's just, he's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is your favorite vampire film? Oh, boy. I mean, probably, uh, <laughs> I should say it just, the, the Mel Brooks, Dracula Dead and Loving. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I'd say definitely, yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula. I just love that movie. It's, it's great. I mean, but there's yeah. so, so many other good ones. It's, you know, even uh, Vampire in Brooklyn is just a fun film with Eddie Murphy and stuff like that. It's just, but yeah, oh, I love Bram Vampire. Stoker Dracula is just so good, though. Yeah, Vampire in Brooklyn is a really good one. I yeah. I love that one. Um, so lastly, Chucky or Freddy, which one would you pick? Oh God, that's that's a hard one because I love them both so much. But I, I'm I'm a Freddy guy. I think he is the best horror villain ever created i mean wes craven created something special with him because the whole concept around freddy is just amazing because you know first of all he's got such a crazy backstory and all that you know he's did horrible things to kids and all that so that's that's in itself makes a great villain but then that whole concept that you know he's in your dreams that does two things one it makes it where you can never escape the guy you know, you can always get in a car and drive the heck out of Dodge to get away from Chucky, or Michael Myers, or Jason Voorhees, or Leatherface, or any of those guys. You can just book it, and you can defeat them somehow. You know, you can kill them. They're tangible. They bleed. <sighs> Freddy is in your dreams. You can't, you can't escape your dreams, and you just cannot not sleep. You have to sleep at some point, or you will die. But if you sleep, you will die is that that whole concept in itself is just that's terrifying but what even makes it even better is that whole concept that all these kills happen in the dream world so it just lends itself to infinite possibilities you can do whatever you want to with the character and the kills you can just go over the top and as creative as you want to and that's what i love about it yeah i i i have an absolute um he is just soft spot for freddie i talk about mm -hmm. this all the time but my uncle actually uh he passed away 10 years ago but he yeah. had a um signed picture of um he had gone in california when they were doing the whole mall thing where they had freddie cutouts and everything mm -hmm. and he got a picture taken with one of the cutouts while my grandparents went out to dinner a couple of days later and Robert England was in the restaurant and my grandmother was like, I don't want to go approach him because I, I, you know, he's an actor and he's not. So my uncle's like, you know, I'm just going to go do it. And so sure enough, they strike up a conversation and he signed it. And it was like, to Mikey, may you never sleep again. And um, it's just like this big thing. So um, oh, she's trying funny. to find it for me so we can put it in here somewhere. But I've yeah. always had a soft spot for him. But because like you said, mm -hmm. it's... It, I mean, you can kill, you can kill Freddie, you can kill Jason, but how are you going to escape Robert England? Like as Freddie yeah, Krueger, yeah. that's just not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what's so terrifying about the character. And, but he's also so, so entertaining. Yeah. He, he is so much fun to watch. He just blends that kind of terrifying yet hilarious, mm. but he's that kind of He's that friend that's super intimidating, but you're really excited to hang out with them because they're, yeah. they're, they have the good jokes and they have the, mm -hmm. you know, you know, you're going to have a good time. Yeah. Well, that's also why I love Chucky so much too. He, he's, he's just as funny and, you know, it's just, that's why it's such a hard choice because I love 
both of those, you know, series so much. I mean, I, I, I was so happy with Cult of Chucky. I was like, this is just, this is great. That, that's the thing. They, they weren't taking themselves seriously at all. They're like, we know exactly what, you, what we are and we're having fun and it's great. Okay, so we're back and we're going to talk about Terrifier. Yay. Um, so how did you get involved with Terrifier? Pure luck, because the original actor that um, played Art, Mike Gianelli, didn't want to return to the role. Uh, he, he just wanted to do other things with his life instead of acting, because he wasn't really an actor beforehand. He was just one of Damien's best friends. And Damien's like, hey, can you just play this clown character in this little film I'm doing? He's like, oh, okay, sure. And he's just like, yeah, I don't want to do all the makeup and all that stuff again. So they had to find a new art. And they had originally found some guy because they did a, uh, a teaser trailer. But he didn't want to do the film because he didn't want to have to wear contact lenses. And wow. so that put him in a place like, oh, God, we're supposed to be filming this thing soon. We need to find an actor to play the main part of this film. And so they put a, a notice on uh, a website called Actors Access looking for a tall, skinny guy with uh, experience or background in like um, physical comedy or clown work. And I had just come back from touring with How the Crinch Stole Christmas, the musical for my fifth time. And I, I was in the middle of like auditioning for tons of Broadway shows and tours i i was up for four or five different tours and they all fell through for one reason or another like one literally came down to a, a flip of a coin they it was between me and another guy and i thought i had lost that coin toss but in actuality i won it in a different way but it, it's I, I i was kind of down and out and i was like you know i had never really done film work and then all of a sudden i i just see that audition notice and i'm like you know what? I've never done film work. I've always wanted to get into it. I know this is a low budget film. Who knows if it'll even be seen by anybody, but I think this would be great experience, be great something I could put on a resume and put on my reel. And it gives me experience being in front of the camera. So sure. I, I, I love the character. Cause I'd seen the character also in all house. Even I, I was like, Oh, he's great. And I'm like, yeah, I, I should audition for this guy. And so I, I contact my reps and they they were like, well, slow budget. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. That doesn't, you know, I, I just want to do this. This sounds something right up my alley and who knows what it might lead to one day. I mean, I didn't anticipate it doing what it did, but I, I thought it just might lead to other projects and stuff, stuff like that. And so lo and behold, I go in an audition and I knocked it out of the park. They asked me right there in the room if I could come in for a, um, a uh, makeup test, which was pretty much a, oh yeah, you've got the part, which is unheard of in this industry to basically get cast in the room, especially in films. They usually have to bring actors back multiple right. times to see how they play off of other actors and everything like that. So that was, they just knew they wanted. Me. So I was like, wow, that, that, that was great. And so, yeah, that's how I got the role. <laughs> And now how intensive is that makeup process? Because I did watch a, a video um, that you had done about doing the um, digital art for um, art. Mm -hmm. And I kind of saw Damien do the makeup on you. But yeah. um, how intensive is that process? It, it, it used to be a lot more intense because first of all, we used to put a bald cap on me. And then we'd glue the prosthetic on top of that. And that would take forever. 
and we also would also not paint the mask beforehand so he would have to paint all the white on top of the the gelatin that we were using so that would, would have to let it dry and then he would have to do all the detailing and everything so that that took a lot longer and when we did part two we decided not to do the bald cap anymore and we decided to pre-paint the mask and so that took what usually took about four plus hours to do down to about two three hours and it got shorter and shorter as we went along and recently we decided because we we got the gelatin mask is not the easiest thing to deal with because it's very water soluble in a oh, lot of yeah. ways so if it gets liquid on it it starts to disintegrate and you know when you have prosthetic teeth in your mouth and they make you drool it, it tears up the makeup so easily and so we're always having to send me back and repair my makeup constantly I mean it would sometimes just full-on disintegrate we're just patching me up with pieces of bald cap or you know some kind of rubber or something covering it up and just constantly gluing my face which was annoying and Damien decided he he finally found a way to um make a new type of mask because he hadn't done this before because he had to have a certain oven for it is the, the foam latex mask because it's the fumes can be uh, toxic oh yeah and but he found a new way to do it and so we tried it out one night and lo and behold i didn't have to get my makeup touched up <laughs> or anything like that once it was on it held the whole entire time it was easier to move around in and all that it was lighter and it came off even better and I was like, oh, this is what we got to do. And so now we've gotten it when we go to the conventions and I do my makeup, it takes us about an hour to put my makeup on. So we've, we've really, you know, between pre-painting the mask and, you know, switching the type of materials, it's really helped out a whole lot. Yeah, I definitely, um, you know, taking off the mask, I know that that has to be a process because yeah. I've also done a little bit of theater when I was in high school and I remember having like the cake makeup that you put on and like mm -hmm. how deeply you have to scrub so I could only imagine oh, yeah. how hard that is to take off so much glue it's so much glue and we're, we're still finding new uh ways to take it off because uh, we're using this one bond off I think it was called this pink liquid in it and with the scrubbing of taking it off, it, you know, like the skin around your eyes is very sensitive. So, you know, my eyes would usually stain, you know, all around my eyes afterwards. And we recently started trying some new things. And at the conventions, this is where we seem to like experiment a lot. And it's it's been even better. It's just like, oh, wow, I, I don't have the stinging and I don't have this and this and this. It's like, oh, I'm not breaking out. This is this. I, I think we need to start doing this for, you know, whenever we make another film. Yeah, that I mean, that definitely sounds like it would be a better idea. Yeah, I could not I'm imagine not <laughs> how intensive that would be, especially around your eyes. Like I'm a yeah. very big, I feel like that's probably why I'm not a huge Giallo fan is mm -hmm. because of the whole eye aspect, because anything involving eyes, just it's a no for me. Oh, I'm same way. I, I can't, I like when I saw Hostel that the whole part with the eyeball, I was like, ah, no, 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 no. Yeah, I, yeah, no, uh, eyeballs and spiders, the, the, yeah. it's a no-go for me. I understand. It's, it's usually anything that I've actually experienced myself, like any kind of pain. So like when I see eyeballs cut or something with the fingernails getting broken or, or bones breaking, that's when I'm just like, oh god no yeah I, can, no I empathize with that pain I, i've experienced yeah it. 
Yeah, definitely. So what, so obviously you had mentioned that in the All Hallows Eve, there was a different actor. So mm-hmm. what was your inspiration for your take on Art the Clown? Oh, so many. I mean, like, uh, of course, Mike was a huge inspiration because he, he was the original Art the Clown. And I want to stay true to what he had done originally. Right. But I, I just wanted to build upon that. It's just like, and what I wanted to add more to was the, uh, the clowning aspect of Art the Clown. I, I think that would that I was like, and this is him. Mean, he is a, he's supposed to be a clown, so why don't we have him doing some more clowning, you know, and more theatrics? And and I thought that would also like help separate him from all these other silent villains that have come before him too. It's just like, yeah. So you know, and the great thing about that was like he's he doesn't have a mask over his face, so you can see his face. You can see his expressions, even though he's silent. So I'm like, that's how he communicates with people. He uses his face. And so I, I really delved into my love of great silent film actors and great physical comedians. So I grew, because I grew up on like the Laurel and Hardy movies, Adam Costello, Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton, Marx Brothers, all that kind of stuff. I, I used to watch those a lot growing up. Mr. Bean was a huge favorite of mine. Yeah, I, I saw an interview yeah. where you kind of talked about how like Art the Clown is kind of like your version of Mr. Yeah. Bean. He's an evil Mr. Bean. It's I just, can definitely see that. Yeah, so that, that was a huge, you know, of course, Doug Jones is a huge, great influence because we're so much alike physically and he's such a great physical actor. Um, Jim Carrey, of course, as well. And um, my years of Grinch, um, I was lucky to understudy Stefan Carl, Robbie Rotten from Lazy Town for five years. And so Stefan was literally trained in clowning and mime work and all that in physical comedy. That's, that was his area of expertise. And so he was able, while I was on tour with him, even though I had always done physical comedy, he was able to take what I had been doing all my life. And it's like, okay, I love what you're doing, but here's how you make it better. And he just fine-tuned everything because I had never met anybody like him that did what I did and now I finally had someone that could actually sit there and it's like okay that's great here's how to make it better and it and so I I had many 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 moments on set where I was like okay how would Stefan approach this scene what movements would he be doing with his body you know and then I'm like okay I know exactly what I'm going to do here and that I called him my what would Stefan do moments so it's like it's he, that's he was so great. cool yeah i'm a huge lazy a lazy town fan so oh, oh he was just amazing on that he, he was such a it's it's you know it's, it's very unfortunate that he passed away from right. cancer and he he passed away shortly after terrifier came out yeah but he was i was able to get him a copy of the film and everything too and he he, he was actually even though he was sick, he was actually trying to get it to be screened throughout Iceland and everything for me and in other international markets because he was so, he loved what I had done with the character and everything like that. So it's just like, I, you know, he's, he's, it, it's, it's just a shame because I, I feel like the, the, yeah, we, we, we missed out on an amazing, talented man because I felt like he was just getting, finally getting recognition for what yeah. he'd done and he had so much more to show us and give us and it's like a stupid cancer just mm, makes me mad but I, I like to think in some ways I'm carrying on his torch and in, in some different ways you know he, he was more fun I mean I love kids too I mean that's like I said my background is in teaching but you know he he did a lot for kids and I guess I'm 
I still do stuff for kids, but I'm, I'm doing what he does, did, but in a new form for horror. Yeah. And I definitely see where that is translating. I mean, I, I do feel like that's part of the reason why art is so popular is because Mm -hmm. it definitely like shows that, um, like I said, I grew up with lazy town. So I, as soon as you were saying that I understood exactly who you're talking about and the Grinch, the Grinch was a staple in my household um growing up my mom's yeah. a huge Grinch fan so oh I'm huge Seuss fan in general so. yes <laughs> yeah Dr. Seuss is big in yeah. our house too what is your favorite thing about Art the Clown his personality I I just think he is so much fun to watch he's very charismatic he's very entertaining even though he's doing horrible 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 things to people you can't stop watching him. You want to see what he's going to do next. He's so unpredictable too. So you just don't know what he's going to do. And I think that's what makes him scary too. You don't know what he's going to do. And, uh, and, and that's why I love that we had the gun scene in part one. It's just like that showed the audience right then and there. Yeah, you never know what to expect from him. Always be on your guard with him. He, he can always just pull out something out of out of nowhere and just boom you're gone yeah that was actually one of my questions because so many like great horror villains like Mm -hmm. art the clown they don't use guns and art is one of the few that i mean he used and gratuitously yeah but he uses a gun like a slasher villain would Mm -hmm. he doesn't just use it you know a shot in the head you know they're dead type of thing He, he maims people with them he disfigures them i mean he didn't just shoot you know uh Tara, you know, in the face, and just that he, he just disfigured her with the gun, just went overboard with it. And I, you know, that this adds an extra layer to him. And it's just, but he also did, you know, he, I don't even think he really wanted to use the gun in the first place. It was just that was his last resort. He was like, okay, yeah, you're no longer fun. You, you know, I tried breaking you, you're not going to break mentally. So, ah. Yeah, bye. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you could, if this is a, a no answer, I get it 100%. Mm-hmm. If you could pick one thing that you don't like about Art the Clown, what would you pick? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know because there's, there's, I can't really think of anything I don't because there's so much more to him that i know that other people don't right so yeah because i mean i I know some people like wanting him you want to know more about his past but other people don't want to know about his past they like that mystery and i kind of i'm the same way i like the mystery about him stuff like that i I like that he's silent too because that kind of makes him more eerie in a lot of ways because yeah even when he's getting stabbed you get no sound out of him that's freaky you would at least expect a I mean, you even get a grunt or, you know, you hear the breathing of Mike Myers and Jason. Right. Something happens to him or, you know, uh, Leatherface or something, some kind of, uh, yeah, that comes out from time to time, but not with art, no sounds escape him. And I think that's very unnerving, but God, anything I can think that I don't like about him. No, I, I think he's just the best qualities of every single slasher villain that had come before him. I, that's, 
I, I look at him as the the old, ultimate love letter to the slasher icons. It's just like he's he's the best qualities of all of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, I understood what you were saying because like when I went and rewatched Terrifier, because when mm-hmm. Terrifier first came out, I am not like I can handle gore, but because of the fact that I grew up in a household that wasn't the biggest enthusiasm of gore. Um, I have a hard time with extreme gore. So I have to kind of like baby step my way in. So when I first watched Terrifier, (laughs) I was like, oh yeah, this is, uh, whoa. And I made it through it. But then, um, you know, I kind of had the same reaction to Saw. Like when the Saw movies came out, I was like, no, I'm not watching these. And then during the pandemic, a group of people from the Clubhouse app got me into watching the Saw movies. And I was mm-hmm. like, hey, there's something more to it. So once I did oh, yeah. that, I started kind of going back through. And Terrifier was one of them that I went back through. So even re-watching it again, I kind of, it was almost like the same thing with um, Willie's Wonderland that just yeah. came out with Nick Cage, where he's, you know, his character the whole time just doesn't talk and he's just very express I feel like that's the same kind of thing that's the reason why the movie works is because it's just it's so off the charts that it just makes sense in everything that's going on around him yeah I I I love the silent moments too because it's it's almost like doing a a silent comedy in some bits and I, I I this is not too much of a spoiler I guess for part two but like the first almost 10 minutes of the movie is there's no real spoken dialogue. It, it's it's all just art doing his thing and being silent about it. And it's it's kind of it's kind of cool. I love it. I love it. It's like, yeah, this is fun. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing that you just shared that because that I already excited for it now. Yeah. Um, it's a great oh, oh my god, I, I love the opening. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, and I know, um, I think I saw something coming out where it's coming this Halloween, or is it coming next? By Halloween, Halloween, yeah, we're we're still working out the details right now with distribution, so just, I'm excited, I am so excited, because, you know, I've I've known about this movie, everything that's happening in this movie for about three years now, it's been so hard to keep it all quiet, it's just like, oh my god, there's so much I want to talk about, and I can't, I want to, I want to so badly. Yeah, because a lot of people don't realize that this came out in 2016, and then it started getting more popular in 2018 when it got picked up with Dread Central. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, with the new one, obviously, you know, the pandemic kind of changed things too. So I understand why people are, did you ever think that it was going to blow up the way that it did? Oh my God, no. (laughs) No, and like like I said earlier, it was a low budget independent film. We made it for about thirty five thousand dollars, which and is and you wouldn't tell any of, of that. No, it's because we found amazing locations, and we didn't have to do any decoration for the, the sets. And Damien did all the practical effects himself. He did all the editing himself, all that kind of stuff. So that saved so much money. And it's just, it shows the talent of the, the cast and crew that were involved, the dedication of everybody. I mean, we weren't paid diddly squat to do it, but we all believed in it and we were having fun doing it and it shows. And 
but no, we didn't expect it to go anywhere. I'm like, I, I think the only one that really believed that was one of our producers, Larry. And it was the first night he came to set and he saw me in makeup and he's like, oh my gosh, you guys have got something here. Just the look of this guy. There is something just unique about him that people are, are going to watch this movie just seeing that face alone. They want to see what this is about. He's like, that That look in itself is special. That is going to capture people. We're like, oh, thanks. But, yeah, you know, I mean, we're competing with, you know, it in Halloween and all that kind of stuff, all these big, huge studio pictures and stuff like that. Who knows if anybody's going to even see this thing? He's like, no, trust me, people are going to like it. They're going to love this. And he hadn't even seen any of the work we had been doing. He just saw what I looked like in that makeup. He was like, this is going to be something. Yeah, because I mean, it, you know, you make this film, it's a small film and then almost overnight you just blew up. I mean, people, Mm -hmm. I mean, the fandom for Art the Clown, they are dedicated. It's insane. It's like, we've been at conventions and like one of my best examples is when we're at New Jersey Horicon last fall. I mean, you, you have Tom Arnold, you have some of the cast members from the Goonies in there, Billy Zane, his sister, you know, like uh, John O'Hurley, all these people, big name people in the room with us. And who has a big line and huge crowd of people? It was us. And basically the rest of the room was dead. And it was just like, this is insane. But we had a constant crowd of people and line of people coming up to us it's like at one point billy zane just walks by and he's like so tell me about this movie (laughs) (laughs) that's a very billy zane thing to do yeah he like it was like this is insane though it's just like we're in this room with some amazing actors and people want to go see me and not them i'm like this is what are you kidding me and i mean these are all people that have done big studio films have been doing this forever and we're the biggest draw there and i was like this is insane we're just a little low budget independent film that came out like three years ago and people are still going crazy over it's i i and i think even the pandemic it helped us more but i'm like we've gotten we just keep on getting more and more fans it keeps growing and growing and growing i mean you're I can definitely attestify to the fact you're all over horror TikTok. I mean, I am constantly, I'm on there and I do film (laughs) stuff on there, but like a lot of my peers that are on there, I mean, you are just beloved, like um, to the point where you're almost even romanticized sometimes. Like (laughs) I know there are women on there that are like, you know, you're like their horror crush. It's crazy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah like, who knew he's so ugly <laughs> yeah but there are people on there that are like i i think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread and that's just who i'm gonna end up with i'm not gonna argue with him i i, I love it and i appreciate it it's just i mean it's nuts for me just to walk around at the conventions and see all the vendor uh, the vendors and all all this artwork that people have and all these items they're making and selling and i'm just like oh my god it's just like you don't see that with other recent horror films that come out no you have a very um i mean i was searching on etsy because like when i Mm -hmm. prepare for an episode like i go all in um and i was looking on etsy and like you know you're on cups you're on like 
t-shirts, you know, your stickers, your everything. It's nuts. (laughs) And most of that's not even licensed. Right. It's it's just people created their own. It's just like, it's amazing. I'm like, and even back in like, um, God, when was it? 2019, we were at conventions and it's the first time we met Heather Langenkamp, you know, Nancy from Nightmare. And she was like, oh my gosh, I see you guys everywhere. And it's like, this is, un- it's like, I had, she's like, I haven't seen anything like this since Freddie came out. When, yeah. and, and she said it, it even took like two or three movies before Freddie got the same kind of level of recognition that arts already has. It's like, this is amazing what you guys have accomplished. Yeah. You have like a very like merchandisable, like, I mean, you're everywhere just like Freddie yeah. was. I mean, and from Heger- Heather Langenkamp yeah, herself just- to say that. But that's the thing that's also amazed me. It's like, I have been so amazed that the studios have not just come seeking Damien out to, to, you know, take over us, you know, the, to take us on. And like, we're still our own independent thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the work that Damien does, I mean, mm-hmm. I did not realize how, until like going through and doing preparing for this episode, yeah. like all the work that he did in it. I mean, and like oh I said- gosh the horse i mean the the brutality of it alone like in the the blood and the guts i mean that's crazy and for the budget yeah. that you guys had i mean yeah. that took a lot of ingenuity to do that's it's all him it's all damien it's just like this is his creation he it, this is his baby i mean he he wrote it directed it did all the practical effects did all the editing it's just like he's a man of so many talents and so he's very protective of this like you know when it comes to negotiating things it's like he he doesn't want someone to take the control away from him and i can definitely understand why i I totally agree i'm like yeah it's like he wants to still you know retain control of the of the character and the franchise it's like no 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 this is this is his baby he doesn't want someone to bastardize it like is known to happen where right. all of a sudden your 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 beloved character is now his whole motivation is just to go to his old house and stare out his window to look at his reflection yeah ex- <laughs> exactly i'm glad that you brought that up <laughs> so going back to the cons what is your favorite part about the cons because horror conventions have always like fascinated me mm-hmm. like i have not had the ability to go to one yet that is definitely on my bucket list but oh it's so much fun Oh yeah. It just looks like it's a great time. We have horror hound here in Ohio yes. um, for Cincinnati. I was, yes. Yeah. I was just and there. I, did, I did see that you were there. So I was late to the game. Um, oh, <laughs> you would have had some fun because they had, I, w- I was lucky to be in the room, the same room. They had me in the big boys room, which I was amazed with. I was just like, what you're going to put me with these people that I wasn't there with, you know, like Adam Green and Kane Hodder and Dick Warlock and you know, some of the people from like Walking Dead, like Ross Marquard and um, Tom, Payton, you know, that played up Jesus on there. Yeah. And then also the, the cast of Scream, you know, Skeet Ulrich, Neb Campbell, Matthew Lillard and uh, uh, Jamie Kennedy. And I'm like, I'm in here. <laughs> right. And especially like you said, for the fact that like Scream was one of your first movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, that must have been like a surreal experience. Oh, so surreal. It was so surreal. I mean, unfortunately, I really didn't get a chance to talk to those guys because gosh, they were so busy. I mean, they were busy, busy, busy. 
I, I saw Nev in the, the the elevator going down on Sunday morning, and we're both tired. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> it's like I know I'm tired, so I know you're like doubly tired right now. And I was like, hey, I've just I haven't been able to. We've been in a few of these together. Have never been able to come say hi, but I just want to say hi to you. It's like, oh yeah, I know who you are. I'm like. I'm like, oh my God, Neff Campbell knows who I am. So <laughs> she's like, this is great. This is great. So, but I mean, I just love the conventions. It's just, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm a fanboy myself. I used to do conventions before I was on that side of the table. And that was actually one of my goals one day was to be on that side of the table and to you know, be able to do autographs and do panels. I really wanted to do panels. And I, I love it because it's that, that it's how you can really interact with the fan. And I love, I do, I try to go to all the after parties as much as possible, just unless I'm just dead to the world tired, if, you know, then, then I'm like, uh, I might go for a little bit and go bed. But I, I try to go out and hang out with everybody. I love doing the karaoke stuff. And because, you know, I, I, I like to just be with my, my own. And that's, I, I feel like this, this horror crowd is, they're my fellow geeks. This is, this is my, my, my tribe in a lot of ways. And so I, I love that aspect of it. It's 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 great, and and I get to meet the um, the actors I have looked up to my whole entire life, and I get to know them as people, and not just you know oh my god that's you know Bill Mosley. Now it's like it's my buddy Bill. <laughs> uh, that's I mean that's a huge thing. I am a huge Bill Mosley fan, so yeah, I did see on your Instagram where you had pictures of. I was like I am so jealous because yeah. Bill Mosley like he made Texas Chainsaw Massacre part two for me. Like, oh my God. He's so good. Yeah. Him is chop top. <laughs> like anytime I'm trying to sell that movie to mm-hmm. anyone, I just automatically bring him up. Oh, like, it's so funny. He's just so, he's so over the top crazy in it. And, and it's so funny. He's like, he, he does so many of those type of characters in real life. He is the most chill, mellow dude. He's the biggest sweetheart. Just, I, I absolutely adore Bill Mosley. He's like, He's one of the ones, like when I first started doing conventions, he contacted me on, when I was still on Twitter at the time. He's like, hi, I, I haven't seen Terrifier yet, but I've heard wonderful things, but I really want to meet you and welcome you to the, the community. And so when we're at my, the first convention I was at with him, I was setting up my table and he sought me out, came over and introduced himself. And then he's like, I want to take you around since you're new to conventions. I want to take you around and introduce you to everybody. So he was taking me around like Kane and John Kassir and all those people. I'm just like, hey, this is the new guy. And, and he was just trying to make me feel welcome. And, and I was I was so grateful for, for that. And it's just and because and, that was one of my big fears when Damien and I did our first convention. Oh, my God, we were babies. We were so shy. We, we were so shy because we're like, oh, we, we almost felt like imposters. It's like we're just like the new guys from like some little bitty independent film and we're at a convention with Robert England and Kane Hodder and you know all these other you know Lance Hendrickson all these people Tyler Maine I'm like oh my god I don't feel like I'm worthy to even be breathing the same air as these guys and so I was very nervous and I was like oh my god they're probably gonna just look down on me and be like who the hell does this kid think he is and all that stuff like we've been doing this forever and it's, it was the total opposite they're all just so welcoming they're just like welcome to the you know the tribe welcome and that's something I've really loved about especially the horror celebrities is it's different it's like because I've done some just regular comic-con 
and it's there's a different camaraderie among the like the horror actors versus yes. just everybody else it's like there's like a we're at so many of these together and we become like family and we work on other projects work on different projects together too so we, we all we just all become friends yeah I think you know that's so cool that you bring that up because I do think that the horror community is one of those communities that like people are just so gracious like clubhouse became huge during the pandemic and um I remember being in the horror clubhouse a lot and there were a lot of people that just came on that I was just blown away by like Barbara Crampton and Josh Mm -hmm. Stolberg and like I mean they were just so gracious and I'm like I'm a a mom in Ohio that like (laughs) you know doesn't know anything about like you know is obviously a horror fan but like and you're talking to me about horror like that's amazing but I mean you just get that vibe from I I feel like it goes back to that like blockbuster days I just talked about this with Mm -hmm. one of the previous guests that we had on and um it goes back to those blockbuster days of being that nerdy kid in blockbusters and you found the other person that was looking for that obscure video that you liked too and it's like oh my gosh you like that video too? Let's yeah. be friends. Let's like go off and do everything together. And that is exactly what has happened at these things. And it's not just the celebrities with other celebrities. It's the celebrities with the guests too, because a lot of these guys, especially like Kane or Felissa Rose and Bill, you know, they go to the after parties. They're hanging out with everybody, getting drinks with everybody, shooting shit up. And so like, I, I've built my own like, network of you know friends and family at these type of things now because i i met so many of these so different vendors and different guests i see them so many different you know conventions and we're all hanging out together all the time it's 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 really cool and like i it's like man i i wish i had had those experiences as a fan back in the day it's just like so i'm like oh my gosh this is so cool and it's not just us it's not just damien and i do and it's like like I said, so many other people do it as well. I mean, yeah, of course, there's some that just stay in the ho- their hotel room or go out to dinner or something like that afterwards. But like, I'm, but it, it a good chunk of them go out and appreciate their fans, and you know, I think that says a lot. Oh, definitely, I definitely do. Like, you just, I feel like that's why I've always gravitated towards horror too, because everyone that's in horror, you know, a lot of them you know, these are projects that they just absolutely love. And you can tell by talking to them, like even talking to you right now, I can tell how much you love this movie. Um, because, you know, it just tells by everything. So, that, you know, I think it just, it shows, especially in this community. Yeah, it does. It does. And it's, and it's a community that's just so accepting. You get all types, yes. all types. And it's like some of these people, you, you, you'd see them in day-to-day life and you're like oh god that person looks like a total freak they are probably a horrible vile person and and you get to these things there's like oh that's just that you know that's just bill over there and he's the biggest sweetheart he's a big teddy bear he just looks scary but he's not (laughs) yeah definitely. And, and no one cares there's no judgment there's no judgment no one cares what religion you are what sex you are what you know sexuality you are what color you are everybody's cool it's like we all love the same thing we all have fun hanging out together yeah definitely I think that that's great um I I personally I understand what you're saying about like feeling like that because if I was in a room especially with Lance Hendrickson I would literally just like 
I would probably need to leave. Oh, he's the <laughs> coolest guy. Oh my God. He's the coolest guy. He's, I was floored. Like he, he actually remembered me because he was at my very first con and I had not seen him at the convention until last year when I was at Spooky Empire. And he came right over to me. He's like, Hey, David, how are you doing, man? I was like, I, I finally got to see Terrifier. I loved it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah yeah i would just i mean because like for him i make this joke all the time and i mean if he ever hears this one day i'm gonna be mortified but like growing up he was like my horror father like i yeah. i watched him in films and i was like man i wish that was my dad like he is just yeah. the coolest person he ever. is so cool he is just so, so just he's cool and he's so friendly it's yeah. like even when he was on the way to the airport, you know, he had to leave early from the convention. He still came by my table just to say goodbye and stuff like that. I'm like, never in my life did I imagine it growing up that Lance Hendrickson would just come over and just do something like that. To me. I'm just like, this is, I, 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 I was just, this is, this is crazy. Like, yeah most definitely i <laughs> i i'm the same way like i'm just like oh that's amazing like he like, knows who i am <laughs> yeah just the recognition but yeah. yeah i mean people are so like easygoing when it comes to that that i think that's a big thing that that it's really the reason why we started this podcast is because we really wanted to highlight that horror is for everyone like yeah. horror you know it doesn't matter who you are like we're both my co-host and I we're moms and we're out doing you know living our lives doing what we're doing but we love horror and this is what yeah. we want to do and this is what we're going to do um this is kind of my midlife crisis so um <laughs> I mean it's not like you you know spent billions of dollars to buy Twitter for yours so you know that's all good I I mean yeah I'm nowhere near that yeah yeah uh most definitely so you're I mean Terrifier is the new like the cult film um but what is your favorite cult film oh. let's see here um i i wouldn't say it's necessarily a cult film but i mean i i do love who framed roger rabbit that's my favorite film of all time but like cult film wise probably monty python on the holy grail Oh my goodness, that's a great yeah. one. I yeah, that just I goes back that. to my high school days. I'm like, all of my nerdy friends, and we would just get. I I had never seen it until I was over, you know, at one of my friends one night, and they're like, "What? You've never seen?" Because they were quoting it, and I'm like, I, "I, you keep on quoting this. I've never seen it before." And I'm like, so I watched it that night. And I'm like, "Oh my god, this is hysterical!" And I went home and like, "Mom." why have you never shown me Monty Python and the Holy Grail? I was like, what? You've never seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail? I'm like, yeah, mom, why haven't you shown me? Like, I you <laughs> I'm like, oh, because my mom was always going around with, you know, the, I was like, I wish I had two coconuts right now with the horses and stuff like that. And I never knew what she was referring to. And I'm like, she's like, oh my God, no, this is because, you know, she was my age when I saw Monty Python the first time. She she was in that age group when it originally came out, you know, so she's old. no, she was old, you know, she was in her 20s, but still that same kind of time period yeah. of her life. So that, that was almost like, oh my God, yes, yes. Oh, you've got us because I used to watch Money Python, the Flying Circus on when it came on reruns on Comedy Central. Exactly. That's when I, I thought it was so funny. And she's like, I thought you had seen it. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's like, oh, I guess, yeah, you are totally old enough to get it and appreciate that type of humor. So yeah, yeah. 
She's like, yeah, okay, yeah, I got to show you Life at Brian now and <laughs> Meaning of Life. And <laughs> Those are great movies. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I remember being a theater kid in high school and that was like the code for yep. theater kids. You, yeah, you know, it really just... was. Because that was all my theater friends. We were all hanging. That's, that's what we watched. And we would watch it all the time, all the time. Yeah, mine is The Crow. I actually, um, I'm one of those fans that I have a tattoo on my back of The Crow. Um, I have It Can't Rain All the Time with Crows um, on my back, but I love The Crow growing up. Like that was my my movie. And I still, every single time I will cry watching that movie, no matter what, I always will. So I love that. It's a good one. It's a good one. And they keep on talking about remaking them. Like, just don't. Just I feel so. I feel like if they take it in a completely different direction, like what they originally wanted to do before Mm -hmm. Brandon Lee unfortunately passed away. Yeah. I could see them doing that. But if they're going to do something like exactly like what Brandon Lee did, I just feel like that's entirely disrespectful. Like Brandon yeah. Lee died on that. The whole reason, uh, if you go and watch um, Cursed Films on Shutter, they talk mm-hmm. about the behind the scenes of that. And like the whole reason they came back and finished that movie was because Brandon Lee's family wanted them to. And yeah. so they, they finished that. And that was like their love letter to him. And you can tell in every frame of that movie that that's the the vibe so I feel like if they're going to take it and they're going to do the graphic novel and it's going to be like what they originally wanted then maybe I can see that but if they're going to just do a carbon copy I don't want it like yeah exactly it's just it's not going to (laughs) work I'm always I'm I'm just always so wary of Hollywood right now with remakes and stuff like that because but sometimes you get something that's just amazing like the Batman and you're like oh my god (laughs) yeah yeah it it took us a long time to get here but we we, yeah we got there um but yeah no i i get that because so many like come about like i'm a huge stephen king fan and i know christine is one of the ones that they are recently talking about remaking and i think that would be great but if you're gonna remake it like that's a hard sell to you know do that because the original christine is stephen king and John Carpenter like yeah. I, I mean if you're going to do it do it but yeah if you can't match that level it's just it's you know you have to yeah. do a little bit of fan you know a lot of these horror movies there is a deep fandom it mm-hmm. you know doesn't matter what movie it is it's just you have to think about that because so many movies horror movie remakes that they do that flop they aren't thinking about the fans and that's kind yeah. of why it flops especially like the the nightmare on elm street movie that they oh my god i i recently just went back and rewatched it and i'm like this no it's just it's not nearly the same and it's just it's missed they try to do something different with it i'm like no you don't have the charisma that robert england had yeah and and it's just it, it's and jackie earl haley is such a great actor he's a great actor but he's that's such just a great not... actor it's he just wasn't given the right scripts they, yeah. they went too serious with it and forgot what really made it work so well and it's just like oh. we and they try to do it they try to also just do it just like the original too um but not <laughs> it's like yeah. no no and i mean if you're gonna I mean, if you're going to do something like that, it has to be 
that's Wes Craven's baby. Mm-hmm. You have to get it to the level that it, and it just, it's not. And yeah, we, uh, Brittany and I joke, cause obviously we're moms mm-hmm. and Encanto is a huge thing. That's like popular right now, obviously. Yeah. Um, and we don't I mean, talk about Freddy. yeah, that's, no, we no. don't, you know, <laughs> the Freddie remake is the, we don't talk about Bruno in the horror community. That's what yeah. we were talking about. I was like, yeah. that's, that's literally like that song pretty much. I've so, actually been just singing that to myself all day. We don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> oh, it's, I mean, it's so catchy. I mean, obviously yeah. it's popular for a reason, but yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so in, in that aspect yeah that's that's the we don't talk about bruno the horror yeah. community is the freddy remake it really is it's like, uh, oh, oh yeah man. um no 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 yeah no 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 <laughs> um so any future projects other than obviously terrifier 2 that mm-hmm. you were super excited about yeah um i've been working with a lot of the terrifier team on another film called stream like you stream something online right yeah and it's it's kind of a who's who horror movie type thing because we the the cast for this thing is i i can't believe all the people they got it's like i mean it's like so many horror legends like jeffrey combs d wallace daniel harris tony todd terry terry alexander daniel roebuck uh, phyllis rose dave sheridan tim reed etc 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 it's just like being on set it, it was amazing I, I have like maybe one more scene to film with it because we we kind of took a hiatus just to raise a little bit more money and also because our, our director mike he just had a baby this past week so but, well congratulations to him oh yeah but it, <laughs> it's it's something that we're uh, it's and mike levy who was the exterminator and that i decapitated in terrifier he, he's directing it that's amazing yeah Um, it's 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 a fun script it's 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 something we're hoping is going to be another franchise as well because it's got a great concept behind it so i i mean you sold me every single person that you talked about is like my top tier like person that i have in my head it's Um, like even even if i wasn't in scenes with those actors just being on set because then like i'm like can i come and watch because that's how i learn so just being able to watch like like jeffrey combs and tim reed to do a scene together i'm just sitting there just like oh my god even when they would mess up i loved it because i was like i it would actually make me feel better when someone messed up i was like oh good we all mess up we all make mistakes it's it's totally fine it's totally fine (laughs) see i would have that same exact energy i'd be like look i I know i'm not supposed to be here today but i'm Mm -hmm. just gonna sit and watch all these people is that okay with you like yeah i'm just here to to fan out oh it was it was it was like a master's class especially watching jeffrey work because i love him as an actor i think i i and I, I i was talking about some with this with someone just last night how this movie it doesn't get the appreciation that it deserves and it's uh, it's not just him but it's the whole movie itself but he's one of the best parts of the movie it's the frighteners i'm like oh my god that movie is so good and that's where i that's and most people think of jeffrey combs from reanimator that's where i was really introduced to him and i just loved him in that movie he was just so good yeah reanimate i mean he's good in everything mm-hmm. i mean every single movie that i can like i can think of so many with him in it um reanimator obviously um because of 
you know, just, I mean, reanimators everywhere. And I mean, for good measure, because for a while reanimator was kind of one of those things that was just like, Oh, that movie. Um, but now Mm. it's, you know, it's reanimator and yeah, it's everywhere. Um, but yeah, I, he's amazing. Oh yeah. He's just so good. So good. Yeah. So it was, it was fun. It was, I love doing that. So, yeah. And, and there's another one that I've, I've recently were in negotiations over the contract right now, but I'm supposed to go film for a few days at the end of the month. But I, 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 I don't know if I can really announce it per se, since I haven't signed a contract, but I will just say it's based on a very popular um, American Christmas story with a horror but they're making it into a horror movie oh i think okay i think i know what you're talking about and i'll ask you later Mm -hmm. Uh, but um but yeah if it's the one i'm thinking about then yeah i yeah i super but um the last thing i'm going to ask you is um do you have any advice for anyone trying to make their dreams come true because obviously you know this this is a dream come true for you um what advice would you give someone who is, you know, trying to do the same thing? Oh, I would say persevere, persevere. It's just like, it's, I, I came up here, I left a teaching career to do acting. And it's because it's, it's something I loved. And I was like, this is what I need to do with my life. And so for like 13 years until Terrifier came out, I was doing side acting gigs all over the place and waiting tables, getting treated like crap on a daily basis. And just anytime I was lucky enough to do an acting gig, I got to do an acting gig. And, and it's, and work begat work. You know, I started off small and one thing led to another, to another, to another. And it's just, it, it just took perseverance because especially in this career path, you, you, um, experience a lot of rejection more rejection than most people experience in a lifetime exactly it's just i i for every like a hundred no's i got one yes so it's it's constant i mean i still get no's with auditions so it and it but you learn from you learn from every single one You, you sometimes learn more from the no's and the yeses you learn about you know yeah what you need to improve on etc 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 so it's like persevere don't you know you yeah you you might face some rejection but learn from it and to better yourself and keep going forward with especially if this is something you're passionate about and something you're good at doing just keep at it keep at it keep at it and keep learning that's another thing i always say always learn there's always something more to learn there's always going to be people to learn from that are better than you and learn from them to better yourself that's great advice. Um, thank you so much for coming on. This is a um, dream come true for me. So I appreciate it most definitely. And um, we will definitely, as horror fans, be excited to see you return as Art the Clown in Terrifier 2. So mm. for every horror fan out there, this is me, Cassandra, signing off and saying stay spooky. Bye. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.